Today is what we want to call Casting the Theme 2023. What is today? Casting the 2023. Today we want to cast the theme. But the way we want to begin, if you go to the next page, the way we want to begin today is we want to begin with our vision. We want to begin with our what? Vision. And our vision is that we are the heart of God in our world. We are the heart of God in our world. And I think that, praise the Lord, through good teaching and good training, we believe that God has really sincerely uh, began to do a great work because we've held fast to that vision so much so that it is memorable, therefore it's portable, therefore it is able to be reproduced in many people's lives. Somebody say amen. Many of you all remember Brother Aaron Mason, another incredible worship. He's a creative by, by just an absolute masterful man of God with music, but that's not even his whole entire thing. He's also uh, securing his aerospace engineering degree, praise the Lord. Amen. This past year in October, we were had the privilege of being able to marry him to his bride. Somebody say amen. Amen. And as a result of that, we were there, and they chose, as many, to provide their own vows. And as they were providing their own vows, I always take the vows in and put them within the rest of the ceremony of the notes and everything. And as a result of that, as I was reading through his vows, it came to his vows to his bride that together they were going to be the heart of God in our world. Think about the concept. Here it is, a man of God that's been with us 12 years. He has been on every ministry team. He has led praise and worship. He has written songs. He has led from afar on video during the pandemic with us. Uh, the man of God had some broken situations and dreams here. I was stayed. He's worked at different locations, done some engineering here. And in the, he was on staff with BCC for a while. And in the middle of all of that, something took place on the inside of him that was so deeply meaningful where he wasn't just at some religious church. Are you with me? But what was being spoken was starting to recognize I'm going to get this imparted on the inside of me because this is something we want to live. Is everybody with me? We are the heart of God in our world. We are the what? In our, in our world. So right now, I'm going to ask that you would, please. I'm going to ask that you take, we're going to give it about three minutes, but you see some of the questions there is, what does this look like being fulfilled in your life? What does this look like being fulfilled in your life? You see, it's one thing to have it now memorized, but it's another thing to have it actualized. And in order to have it actualized, you've got to actually say, you know what? This is how I am intentionally embodying this vision. I am purposefully doing this. I'll tell you another part of his wedding. He, uh, being an American of African descent young man, he was marrying a woman of European descent who likewise is an engineer, wise man, amen. I mean, you know, they call themselves a power couple. I can't get any help up in here, amen. And as a result of them, Joshua liked that part. I saw that smile, man. But as a part of a result of that, they recognized that, you know what? They knew that they were the embodiment of causing ethnicities to be reconciled. In their marriage, which will come forth even in their children, and them in the community would be a a example walking through a grocery store of how that people of different backgrounds, ethnicities, and colors don't have to be against each other, but they can genuinely be one with and in each other. You see, that's what it means to be the heart of God in our world. So how are you, for instance, intentional? We're going to take about three minutes, if you don't mind. Come on, I want you to right now find somebody to talk to, not just the person you married to or your spouse. Find somebody to go talk to. You might have to move out your seat. I'm going to put a timer on it, if you don't mind. Come on, three minutes. I want you to go talk right now. Go, go find somebody to talk. Here's Jasmine over here. Come on, go talk to somebody. How 
am I doing this? Go find somebody. Make sure everybody is with somebody. Come on, this is the greatest form of learning. How are you going to embody being the heart of God in our world? Online, I'm going to ask that you would please, if you will, type in those particular items as well. Type in those items. Well, how are you embodying? How are you taking on this vision? Even if you have to text us at our pastoral line, how are you embodying or becoming the vision of we are the heart of God in our world? Good job, church. Come on, just two more minutes. Please know this, I may ask you your answer. One more minute. Excellent. What's her name, Joanna? Lovely to meet you, Miss Jaden. J.A. Wise. All right. Amen. All right. You may be seated back to your seats, please, if you will. Praise the Lord. Amen. And everybody said amen. amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Good, good, good. Was that enriching? Good. We want to talk to one another. We want to, how many understand it's going to be far better for you to walk it out if you have to give words to it? Right? It's not just a thought. It's not just a concept. It's no longer a theory. No, if I give tangibility, if I speak life into it, then I also want to become it. Somebody say <coughs> amen. So, with that being said, I, I, I want everybody to hear this. We start with Jesus. We start with who? Jesus. In being the heart of God in our world, we start with Jesus. He is the perfect reflection of God's heart. Jesus is the perfect reflection of God's heart. Say that with me. Jesus is the perfect reflection of God's heart. Two more thoughts. The first one is this. Have you ever said, you know what, I wonder what God is like? Have you ever, you know what, man, I just wonder what God is like. There's a, a very good answer to that. God is exactly found in Jesus because Jesus is God in flesh. Everybody with me? So when we think about, well, I want to know what God is like, I mean, sincerely, take this to another level. I want to know if God exists. I know some of you all are in here or weighing that out. I don't even know if God is real. You know, you got, I've got so much background of literature and anthropology and philosophy, and I've got so many things about, well, is the, the world can't be as this long, and lots of things to enter into doubt and confusion. Are you with me? If you want to know what God is like, study Jesus. Make Jesus your object of study. In other words, isn't it funny we want to know what God is like, but we're studying everything else in the world? Come on, Brother Kobe, super high-level intellectual. Listen, 
genuinely study Jesus, follow Jesus, put your eyes, fix your, yourself on, just watch Jesus. Watch who? Number two, write this down. I've said it before. It's not my own quote, but I think it's perfect. Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus is perfect theology. So even if you want to go about it in a student way, Brother Joshua, listen, even if you want to do it that way, Jesus is perfect theology. If you want to set your heart on scholarly work, then let's look, because there is not a single historian, there's not a single literature that dis has any discrepancy that Jesus did not live. Jesus lived. Somebody say amen. I'm going to show you a real powerful verse today, too. So with that being said, set Jesus as, so we start with Jesus. Can I tell you also why we start with Jesus? Because in the heart of God, we don't want to be, get this, divided from other believers in Jesus. We don't want to be divided. We don't want to get into, you're from the first Baptist of the Methodist theologian, uh, charismatic Catholics. Right? We, we, we're not trying to divide with you and your apostolic uh, community Bible-based people, Presbyterians. Because all of us center in Jesus. So we start with Jesus, we continue in Jesus, and we conclude in Jesus. So that there's no discrepancy. Now, if you're looking for words to understand why there are differences, I would prefer us to look at two things. Number one, there are preferences. Are you with me? There are what? There are preferences. And number two, get, what, get this, God has divinely created us to have a unique expression. A unique what? In other words, we were not designed all to express the same way. So therefore, we sincerely want to bring all of God's people together so that we all come together and we make one beautiful expression unto him. Are y'all with me? That's who we are. We are the heart of God. The reason we're the heart of God is because we're removing those things that divide and cause enmity with one another because Jesus broke that wall down through his death on the cross. And then when he rose again, it's so that we all could be unified again. Everybody with me? Praise God. Let me be, I want to say it this way. Be very careful when you are quick to divide in your heart against another believer. <laughs> when the work of Christ's cross and who he is in his completed state is I'm going to find ways of us connecting, not dividing. Amen? Now, I know some of us are, are far more, we hold fast to some things or whatever. You go ahead and hold fast to that. But make sure when we come together, I don't do that, so therefore we're going to hold fast to whatever we hold fast to and let that be Jesus. Everybody with me? I'll give you an example. There's some people that, you know, they come to BCC. I'll just give an example. It's a true story. Some people come to BCC and it's like, oh, I, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. Right? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. Then you break that down. What they're saying is, I'm not feeling it because y'all don't sing gospel up in this mother. Right? Like gospel genre. Right? <laughs> I ain't mad at you. Right? I'm not. We try to sing everything. This is what we really do, because we're trying to create a new sound, a unique sound, one sound that gives an adoration and an exaltation to Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Here's what I got to say. I got to go faster. In that whole music thing, for instance, years ago at the foundation, the book of Revelation says that there was a sound in heaven of many voices. There was a multitude and many voices. The sound in heaven is of many voices. I don't think there's going to be a playlist like you're going to come up to the lamb and be like, could you put Hezekiah Walker on for me? <laughs> I just don't know that you're going to go over to the archangels. I was wondering, I was, you know that hill song? Could you play that one hill song for us? Right? I don't think there's going to be any fights in heaven like, it's our turn to sing a hymnal. What about us? Are you with me, amen? 
I just really think that perhaps we need to learn that it's here, for instance, we might sing songs that might have a European background, but we put it with the two and the fourth <laughs> beat. See, like, like that. See, like that. Hey, hey you, you know, it's funny in BCC because you know when we all start clapping, you know we like multi-ethnic up in this part, right? Because people be like. <laughs> you come on, you got to enjoy yourself up in here, amen. You know, but this is what Crumpton Dollar once said. He said, when you get some of the white folk together with the black folk, the white folk is on the one and the three, and the black folk is on the two and the four, but when you get them together, they don't miss a beat. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Praise God. That's a bit stereotypical, but it's enjoyable, amen. And I'm back to the message. We start with Jesus. We start with who? <coughs> so therefore, we want to conclude with Jesus. We want to stay in Jesus. Here's the point we want you to catch. How is being the heart of God described in this message? You'll find that in 1 John chapter 4, verses 15 to 19. Scripture says in verse 17 that as he is, so are we in this world. As he what? Is. So are we in this, in this world. I want you to take a look at this. I wish that I would have given you blanks and maybe printed this out. But here's some just some activating to the vision. Like, in other words, how can we put into practical terms or what are messages I can go back and listen to? What are series that you all have printed out? Uh, we often hand out booklets, you know, in paper form and things like that. And I want you to understand, if you want to be activated in the vision, one of the things you can go to is vision and values. Vision and what? But then in application form, love and light. If you don't have it there, write it down. We believe in love. We believe in love because love conquers division. Love conquers what? Division. And the reason we believe in light is because light dispels the darkness. Love conquers division. And even like in marriages, love conquers division. Love conquers in families where there's brokenness. Love conquers that. Love, it, mm, no, that's late. Love conquers division and light conquers what? What it conquers what? The two other things I want you to think about is everyday revival. Everyday what? Yeah. Acts chapter 2 reveals what it's like to live in an everyday revival. Now, some of us, we're just trying to live, you know, alive, you know, by make it by lunch, right? I, I get that. So I understand that we have a wide range of people, but... At the same time, those that want more, those that want more, those that want more of God, more of God, like in Spanish, mas, 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 more, you want more of God, there's more of God. There's more of God to experience. There's more of God to drink. There's more of God to go. There's further for you to go. No matter what your speed is, no rate is, there is God is inexhaustible. So therefore, because God has no limit, then you can go as far as you want to go. But will you please make sure you understand you want to take somebody with you? Somebody say amen. amen. So we believe in everyday revival, Acts chapter 2. And last, we believe in save the world. Save the world. Save the what? Amen. amen. Somebody go to turn their Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. In your Bible, on your phone, please, if you will. Second Corinthians, and unusually, I'm going to read from a different translation, but it, it shouldn't vary too much from what you would read. Um, I just enjoy maybe to you know this. So Second Corinthians chapter two, and I'm going to read from what's called the LEB. Lexham English version, okay? Starting at verse 8. Please follow along. Verse 8. Therefore, I urge you to confirm your love. Confirm your what? Yeah. Love for him. Because for this reason also I wrote, in order that I could know your proven character, whether you are obedient in everything. Now to whomever you forgive anything, I also do. Wow, verse 10. Now to whomever you forgive anything, 
I also do. For indeed, whatever I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, it is for your sake in the presence of Christ. Amen. In order that we may not be exploited by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Everybody see that? Just because I don't want to miss it, it's not a part of the message, but I just don't want to ignore it. Did you see how the forgiveness or lack of forgiveness is also a doorway to Satan? That is powerful. Forgiveness or the lack of forgiveness or you're so hurt you just can't. I understand that. But here's something very important. Forgiving is not an act of feeling. Forgiveness is an act of willing. And even if it's requiring some suffering, it's worth the willing to do so out of obedience to Jesus. Now, Pastor Jeremy, who is an incredible man of God, tenderheartedness, teaches me great deals, lots of things. He says, we often put a lot of pressure on the person to forgive, and therefore it just seems imbalanced. I understand that. I like to share this as well, is that there are, here's like, like why I cry over things and stuff like that is this. There are people that are upset with their lives, but they're holding on to unforgiveness in others. You see why I'm caring about your ability to forgive, not even so you can let that person go so that you can let go. Somebody say amen. Amen. Teach on that later. Verse 12. Now, when I arrived in Troas, the apostle Paul is teaching. Now, when I arrived in Troas for the gospel of Christ and a door was opened for me by the Lord, I did not experience rest in my spirit. Because I did not find Titus, my brother, but saying farewell to them, I departed to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, and who reveals the fragrance of the knowledge of him through us in every place. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To those on the one hand, an odor from death to death, and to those on the other hand, a fragrance from life to life. And who is qualified for, and who is qualified for these things? For we are not like the majority who peddle the word of God, But as from pure motives, but as from God, we speak before God in Christ. And everybody said amen. Amen. So while we want you to see this passage of scripture, it is because in context, I want you to see on your page there, which I think is the third page that you screen, that you scroll down on your device. That verse that's sitting to the side, I believe, is in the New King James Version, and it says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, on your device, on the notes I've provided through the QR code, it says this, now thanks, matter of fact, let's all read. If you have it ready, said read. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Everybody said Amen. I would like to announce to us at the Body of Christ Church in the year 2023, we are about Jesus, lead us. Jesus, lead us. Jesus, lead us. Can you say that with me? Jesus, lead us. Say it one more time. Jesus, lead us. Hallelujah. Jesus, lead us. And we want to deal with it from this one verse. There's many places in scripture about it, but we want to deal with it from this verse here being the birthplace of this thought. And the birthplace of the thought is Jesus leads us in a triumphant procession. Jesus leads us in triumph. Jesus leads us in victory. Jesus leads us. 
I don't know about you, but I want Jesus to lead me. I would want, listen, this, we're not talking about humans. We're not talking about governmental officials. We're not talking about, you know, people that have authority. We're not even, we're talking about Jesus lead me. It's not that we reject others that are in authority that have been placed by God in our, in our uh, place for safety and submission. But we're saying that there might be something on the inside of you that this becomes a prayer. This becomes the yearning of your life. You know that you've got places to go and somebody else may not have gone there before. And even if they have, you may not know them. But you know that Jesus can get you to wherever you're on your way to go. Somebody say amen. Praise the Lord. I'll say it again. Jesus, lead us. Jesus what? Jesus lead us. Amen. But I want you to know something, and that is when you go and take a look at those notes for the sake of speed, go to the next page. And while we are in our creative mode of finding just how we want to display it, right here in this kind of wonderful creative graphic that uh, Mr. Luke Elisha put together for us is that in this particular segment you see it says Jesus you can't miss Jesus on the right hand side what does it say but wait a minute did did you catch that other part there's there's lead are you with me there's what Jesus lead now between two creatives him and his little sister get this they they was like no look I see a lot of stuff in that one little graphic they say they say well we see that it's just Jesus lead (laughs) <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs> there isn't us there, my brother. JJ, you, JJ, you were on it, brother. <laughs> right? But it also says Jesus lead us. And so what we want to do is we want to break down that L-E-A-D, and the notes are there for you, and I want some scriptures there for you. But I want you to know that L-E-A-D is also an acronym there, and so the L is Jesus love us. Jesus what? And the reason we have Jesus love us there is because, this is important, because as much as we want to love others, we love others to the capacity of how much Jesus has loved us. In other words, as far and wide and depth as Jesus has been able to share with you his love and you've been a recipient and you just take it all in, it's the same time amount of understanding that you put it into practical uh, application and you go out and love others in that same way. So we're not asking that you can just go do something like go, you just love them better. No, I've got to learn how to just understand how much Jesus loves me. And when I get an understanding of the depth of his love, there's like things that will start disappearing from your vocabulary. Like, man, nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. How many of that just vanishes? Because you have an understanding of how much is his great love for you. Pastor Jeremy, in his also scriptural and clever way of writing to the leaders this week, he says, we hope you get a revelation like John the Apostle had when he says, the the disciple whom Jesus loved. You see, how many understand that's a revelation? It's the disciple John, when he writes his gospel, he he writes it from the standpoint, he never says himself, he says, whom Jesus loved. I don't know about you, but doesn't that seem just a tad bit of arrogant, are you with me? Doesn't that seem just a tad bit like, you know what, you're trying to be tricky and prophetic and you know what, but you're talking about yourself. But what if that's the way you talked about yourself? (laughs) I'm the one Jesus loved. Amen. Right. Some people wonder why how you do stuff like that. Jesus loved me. Right. Why why you just put yourself out there like that? Jesus just loved me. Come on, Peter. Wouldn't wouldn't that be beautiful that you were the one that you believe that Jesus actually loved you? Is that right, Brother Jim? Somebody say amen. Amen. Let me go backwards. Say E. E. E stand. Oh, let me give you some scriptures real quick. I want to get you to see some things, and I could do it through <coughs> Revelation, but time won't permit that now. Here, can you write those down? 
um, in your notes or something like this. I want you to see love. Say love through these three passages of scripture. The first one is uh, John 13, verses 34 to 35. Here's the main reason, like, I, I was talking about your love and Jesus' love towards you, but this is a big one. Here's, here's the deal. Um, Sister Regine is this. Listen, Jesus says, all the world will know that you are my disciples when you have love one for another as I have loved you. Jesus changed the standard of even in the Old Testament, the scripture is almost there because it literally says to love one another. But he says, to love as I have loved you. Our new standard of love is the way Jesus loves us. That's why we've got to understand people are far more inclined to see Jesus when me and Brother Kevin go somewhere and we just, you know, being in brotherly affection and love for one another because we just have love of Jesus one for another. Are you with me? So therefore, we need to understand that we want to increase in our love. Jesus loved me. So next passage of scripture is this, is that in chapter 15, verses 9 to 13, Jesus, two chapters later, and this is at the upper room, right? So this is at the Last Supper's meal that this is going on, that Jesus leaves this and drops this on them and downloads this this understanding of love. And so there in John 15, he literally repeats chapter 13, but then he goes on with this next thought. And this next thought was this. He says, greater love no one than this. That's a, that's a statement. Greater love no one than this that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Can I, get, can I translate that for you? Love is measured by sacrifice and selflessness. Love is measured by sacrifice and selflessness. Now, here's the key. If you've ever been in an argument with anybody, I would ask you this question. Come on, girl. Listen, if you've ever, listen, if you've ever been in a fight with one another, I want to ask you, was your flesh in control or was love in control? And let's make it say amen. <laughs> so that's love. Everybody said amen. E is equipped. Say equipped. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. This is where the scripture says that the fivefold ministry, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastor, they are given to the body for the equipping of the saints, for the equipping, for the equipping. So when we talk about leading, Jesus lead us, we're also saying Jesus equip us. Equip us for the work of the ministry. It's not that we're calling Sister Alicia. It's not that we're calling Sister Kelly. It's not that we're calling who we think of the elders. No, we're supposed to, Jasmine is supposed to be laying hands. Jasmine, uh, you know, Adriana's supposed to be doing that. Hannah's supposed to be going over. And if somebody has need of something, she's supposed to go and then do the work of the ministry. It's not those that we think are in leaders. It's every single one. You know, I love Sister Vanessa. Many of y'all have watched and seen the things that she's done. But one time she was ministering with somebody. We had about a group of three or five of us or so ministering to somebody. And I mean, she just took it way, way out of the box of even what we would do because she's not waiting on a leadership. She is the leader that's going to li literally live this thing out to be the heart of God in our world. Somebody say amen. amen. Say equip. A is to apply. Jesus, apply what we've been equipped in. Apply what we have been equipped in. Everybody said amen. amen. I want you to write down 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. The word of God is ready to be applied in every aspect of your life. And the word D is disciple. I'm doing this to go fast. I really, really, really sincerely uh, want you to get this. Write this down next to disciple is follow me. Follow me. The reason we can say Jesus lead us is because when Jesus came to many of his disciples, he had these two words that transformed the world. Follow me. Follow me. We're not asking you to follow BCC. We're not asking you to follow Pastor Terrain. We're not asking that you follow some doctrine. We're not asking you... No, we're asking you, follow Jesus. Follow who? Jesus. Follow Jesus. Um, I want to do this, if you don't mind, just a couple of verses. Go to Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans chapter 8. 
Oh, I see why he did that to you. Okay, got it. Yes, sir. Romans chapter 8. And we want to see verse 29. We all know verse 28. But I want to start at verse 29. And I think maybe I should go to New King James. So verse 29 says this. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. I want you to look at verse 29 again. Very important verse. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Many of us today, we talk about what is my destiny, or we might think in Christ, we might ask this question, if Jesus is real, if God is real, we're trying to figure that out. We want to know how much do it, does it take all of that, like Pastor says, and does it take the reading, the praying, the worshiping, you know, do I have to yell at the top of my voice? That's all, you know, you, you work with that on your own. What I want you to know is that Jesus is real, and he can move in your life to the level and degree of your desires. Is everybody with me? So here's the vital part of this message in, in this one point about disciples. Say disciple. If you want to know what it means to be a disciple, maybe write some more notes down here. The word disciple means learner. It means to be a learner. So therefore, many of us might think, well, we just automatically became a disciple when I accepted Jesus. That's true, but that's the beginning. The beginning to a journey. And the journey is that I want to become a learner. I want to become a what? A learner, I want to follow. That's why he says, follow me. He wants to be a disciple. I'm willing to follow you, Jesus. Here's one of the things you can do to test yourself. It's okay if you out trying other stuff. It's okay. I promise. I know it's a weird kind of church, right? But you can go try other stuff. Well, I'm going to dibble and dabble in this, and I'm going to still try this on my own way or whatever. But, you know, if you're not getting the results that you want, then eventually, I promise, we're going to be right here. Amen? And then you can go full force after Jesus. That's what I did. That's what I did. I'll tell you that in a minute. But I, 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 I just, you know, I was like, oh, I think I know how to do this on my own. Oh, I like the way that's going over there. So I'm going to play with that. And Okay, yep, you know what? I'm going to lie about this over here. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell the church that I'm doing this, but I'm going to do this over here. But, but, but how many understand, <laughs> if you want life and it more abundantly, if you want what? And it more? Then one of the things you got to do is follow Jesus. Or let Jesus lead you. And when you do that, you become a learner. I want to know everything there is. Let me tell you another story. I don't know how they let me out of high school. I don't. I don't. They told me to, to show up. I had a suit. They told me to walk here if they called my name. I said yes. And they did. And so they gave me a diploma. <laughs> you know, I told my family, hurry up, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. <laughs> I told you, I'm the one that helped you be 98 percentile. Amen. I helped you. Amen. Because I was not that. <laughs> I was down on the lower part of helping everybody else above me. Are you with me? When you got in Iowa State, you're welcome. Because I was helping. All right. But after that, you need to understand that. What caused me to start reading was the word of God. <laughs> it was the word of God. I remember being at Iowa State, and I would study this class or whatever, and then I would read the word of God, and I was like blown away, right? Like, oh, my God, this is in the Bible? You see, if you start reading the word of God and continue as a learner, you'll begin to discover God knew this before you came into it. So if you would have lacked a hold of it, you would have known that it was coming when it came so that you would have been ready when you got there. Are you with me? That's why we believe in being prophetic. Is that we like to speak life into a situation so that you begin to get a word of knowledge, a word of understanding. We were in prayer the other day, right? And everyone prays. We were right here and we're praying for a young lady, right? And we're praying right here. It's like we were all gathered around her. And then, you know, while different people were praying, I just heard the Spirit of the Lord say, left side, left side. And so I prayed for her. I said, God wants you to know that those issues that you're dealing with, something about your left side. And she, boom, broke out in tears because she was living in fear that she was going to have a stroke. She was dealing with that all week long. 
You see, when you get downloads like that, that's supernatural. That's what? And God wants you to live like that, Laura. God wants you to live like that. God wants you to live like that. That's what he wants. It wasn't for me. I don't care about a stroke. I'm not going to get a stroke. I'm going to be running out because I'll run in a stroke. Are you with me? <laughs> but if you're in the fear about that, God wants you to know, nope, I'm with you. I'll be your shelter and your refuge. Amen? Jesus. Who? Jesus wants you to have life in it more where you have no lack. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not. Want. If you're living in want, Jesus wants to be your shepherd so that you would not have. One translation says that you would have no lack. Somebody say amen. amen. My God. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? Are you at least getting hungry? I, I wasn't talking about Subway. Amen. <laughs> so, so therefore, I want to be a disciple, which means a learner. Means a what? Jesus has two words to get you to be a disciple, and those two words are what? It was what? And we are looking to be, to be conformed into the image of the one that causes you to be born again. In other words, when I'm born again, I become a brand new person. When I accept Jesus Christ, that old person dies because of Jesus' death and burial, I put that old person away and then I become a brand new person. I start life over and I'm given a clean slate. I'm forgiven for all of the things that I've done. I am now in the family of God and I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ and heaven is now my new resource and supply. Listen, heaven isn't my destination. Heaven is coming on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not just a little prayer. It's that the Accessibilities of heaven becomes the open heaven and everything that heaven has and there is no lack in heaven therefore everything that is on earth I can now have because the kingdom has come and I want to have reconciliation with my family members I want to be able to live in my life without lack I want to be able to have a bill and know I'm working to make sure that the bill money is coming I want Jesus to manifest the kingdom in my life come on somebody Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So listen. Put down Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I know those are good passages of scripture. We're almost done. So that's L-E-D. Say the words with me. L represents what? E represents what? A represents what? Everybody. A represents what? D represents what? We want Jesus to lead us. We want Jesus to love us. We want Jesus to equip us. We want Jesus to apply what we've been equipped in. And we want Jesus to, to disciple us. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to end this message about Jesus, which is that next page. <laughs> I, I've got two passages of scripture that I am really really sincerely excited about that I learned this week so let's let's do the one we know first let's go to Matthew 11 Matthew 11 say Jesus, Jesus. oh man we uh. go to Matthew 11 What translation do you have, Todd? Okay, yes, that's fine. Could I get you to adjust? Thank you. <coughs> Can I get you the last three verses, if you will? We're at Matthew chapter 11, a familiar passage of Scripture. Is anybody heavy laden? And everybody said amen. amen. I want you to see these, these one things. Say Jesus. Jesus. I didn't want to necessarily spend all the time on those other areas because we've got all year to do that. But what I do want to do is focus in on, one, on this like couple of things here. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. 
The scripture says this familiar passage, we concentrate on that rest part. We concentrate on that he's going to lift the burden for us. We concentrate that we're yoked with he and it's going to be easy and his burden's going to be light. And that's a beautiful portion of scripture as relates to us. But there's also this other portion that we want to lay a hold of as well. <laughs> is that Jesus says, come and learn of me. Woo! Jesus says, come, and I love all the translations, come learn from me. He says, come learn about me. Come learn who I am. Come understand all of my entirety. Understand that I was sitting in glory at the right hand of the Father. I was there when the world began. I was there when he said, let there be light, and I shot forth, and I began to be that light. I was there when you see any of the things in the Old Testament. If it was the burning bush, I was there. If it was wrestling with Jacob when he was by himself, I was there. If you're talking about the parting of the Red Sea, I was there. If you want to know more about me, come and and learn of me. Don't be satisfied with coming to church. Don't be satisfied with just coming, clapping your hands, praising a song, or hearing a good song or whatever. You've got to understand Jesus lead us. And the way to understand it, if I didn't have even the lead us, is just Jesus. I need to know who Jesus is. Somebody give him a praise offering. We've got to know who Jesus, he said, come to me and learn of me. Learn from me. Learn my ways. I love the disciples who had a good fishing business. They dropped that business and said, I'm coming. I'm going to come and follow you. Man is sitting at the tax collector's booth. He said, follow me. I'm done with tax collecting. I'm following you. There was people that was in government and on a rebellion because they thought that was right. They had a grass move, a grassroots movement. It's like, oh yeah, we're just going to come against all of the Roman emperor and everybody like that. Jesus says, come follow me. And it's like, that's all right. We'll take care of this way. Let's do it this way. I want you to know the way you want to follow Jesus is come learn about him. Don't learn religion. Don't learn theology. Don't learn denominationalism. Don't learn churchanity. You've got to be able to come and learn Jesus. My God. You think I talk too much, talk too long? Just get the Jesus part. Amen. <laughs> Listen. Just go to um, Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. New Living Translation, somebody, quickly. Hebrews chapter 2. We want, ooh, I got to shorten the message. We'll just do verse 14. Who has New Living Translation? Help. Thank you, T. Yellow mic, uh, Brother Josh. Verse 14, you all. New Living Translation. Listen, this is shout worthy. This is praise worthy. Or if minimal, this is a verse to show you Jesus. Go ahead. Because God created us in your words and your powerful mind to come as his people that are what? The only way is human beings. Only as a what? God himself. God himself became human. Keep going. So only as a human being who could die, but only by dying could he break the power of the devil and have the power of God. Anything that is dead, dying, dilapidated, dark, destructive, destroying you, your family, destroying your physical body, including cancer, physical sickness, illness and disease, headaches, migraines, not sleeping at night. I don't care if it's an ingrown toenail. My God, Jesus Christ, he came to destroy the works of the devil. And just because you've had that thing for four years, five years, and just because doctors said you got to take these pills the rest of your life, the devil is a liar. He wants you to buy into a world system. And am I saying I don't believe in pills and things like that? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just simply saying I'm not going to let this world be higher than our God. I'm not going to let what the doctor tells me. This is my body. You don't tell me what I'm going to do with my body. And matter of fact, I'm not over 
belong in myself. He bought it with a price called his precious blood. And now it's called the body of Christ because I am the physical temple of the Holy Spirit. You don't know who you're dealing with. God's up on the inside of me. I want you to understand I love him and he loves me. So he came to move in. Matter of fact, you know what I really am now. I'm a mobile for God. Amen. I'm a transporter for God. You've got to understand who is in you so that you will begin to let him take control and rule you. I want Jesus to lead me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He came, died as a human like you and me. It's impressive if he came as God, but he came as a human. He came like a baby. He was a toddler. Now, I know we just think, oh, that's blasphemy. No, Jesus was like a toddler, right? He grew up and watched his stepfather, as historians would say, learned how to be a carpenter until it was time to come forth. My time is not yet, but then when his time came, he stepped out at about 29 and a half. I want you to know your time has come. You've been messing around without God for too long. Your time has come, Jaden. Todd, the time has come. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's been a long time. Time. They need you to know time has come. Say time has come. Time has come. Time has come. Last verse. I think I hope. Go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Galatians, cha Galatians chapter 1. I have never, ever seen this verse. Well, I've seen it, but I didn't understand it. Listen, I've got to set this context up. The context is this. It's the same thing about Jesus. It's about who? We learn about Jesus. We've had good Sunday schools. I got a little Devo that teaches me a few things. I mean, if you want to even get deeper, you might know a couple of Greek words. You might have done a couple of Bible studies, and that's learning about Jesus. You know what? Even some of us are so deep, we might go take a religious course on Iowa State campus. You know what? Whatever it is, you might take some Bible courses online. You might want to know, you know what? I just want to try God. That's great. All wonderful. Keep doing it. Praise God. Navigators, salt company, bricks, whatever you're part of. Great. Do it. But here is the truth. The truth with all of that is that we're not looking to be religious. We're not even looking to be a good Christian. There's something that might be something more. There's something deeper. There's something that God might want of us that goes beyond just standing up or raising your hand when you say you're a Christian. It's not just enough to have a belief. It's not enough just to have Jesus. And here's where I want to tell sorry. <laughs> I understand that there might be people that disagree with me. I understand that the people might not like me. I'm not dealing with that. I'm not insecure. That's not what this is. <laughs> I just want to be more effective. <laughs> but here is my security. Please, this verse is my security. Is that, you know what? It may, I may not do it right. I may not teach right. That's not the right way to teach. That's not, you, do, you stumble over your words. You are too loud. You, whatever. That's, I understand. But this part right here is what matters more than any of that. Any of that in your life. Look at this. Galatians chapter 1. I'm going to read from the New King James. The starter verse is verse 12. That's not the verse yet. Verse 12 says this. For I neither received it from man. <laughs> you see, when you get Jesus and it's not because of man, it says, I received it not from men, nor was I taught it. But it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. You don't get Jesus from some Bible study. You don't get Jesus from some college and Bible school. They're all beautiful, all wonderful, all necessary. They do a great work. But you can only get this kind of authentic, genuine, pure Jesus through revelation of who he is because he encounters you and he comes upon you. And it's nobody in this world, no theology, no professor, no school, no baba, no grandparent, can stop you from loving and leading with Jesus Christ because you know he's real. Verse, verse 18 or 19. 
I'm sorry, 15. <laughs> Listen to what it says. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, to reveal his son in me. You see, it's not about what I know and what I don't know. I'm talking about if I love like Jesus, I may have broken English. I may not be able to quote any scriptures. I may not be able to do any of the things that every other senior pastor or pastor might do. I may not even do it right. But I can guarantee you when you receive the love of Jesus and you say, boy, that person is sure loving. You're going to know it was because the Bible says that that must be the love of God because that's how they will know that you are my disciple when you have love one for another love has to be the criteria that you are measured by it's not about how right your theology is it's not about how right you speak the scriptures it's about how well do you love just because of Jesus glory to God look what it says stand to your feet but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and call me through his grace to reveal his son in me. To reveal his what? Son in me. That I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Why? The measure of God, the measure of Jesus is that he reveals himself in you. <laughs> Let me say it another way. One pastor said it this way. It's not about teaching Jesus. It's about revealing Jesus. And you reveal Jesus through your love. You reveal Jesus through selflessly and sacrificially giving yourself one to another. It's when, you know what, there's a conflict going on, and they may be right or wrong, but you just take it on because you care more about the love of God than you do about being right. This is the revelation of Jesus. This is the what? Revelation. Of Jesus. We didn't get to spend too much time on our passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, but I do want to tell you this one thing. The translation does not mean that it's just that we triumph. What it says is, that's why some translation says this, that we are captives. We are what? Captives. We are what? Captives. We are captives being in a triumphant procession. That really actually means that Jesus, in his arsenal and his military war, or as it were, conquering those lives, he caught and conquered us. And now we are captives walking in a parade like he caught us. Like Jesus what? We are now in a parade, just being paraded by, and we smell good. Because wherever we are, we just represent that Jesus captured us. You know what? Isn't this ironic that we should be upset that we got caught? We should be upset that we got captured in the war. We should be mad that we were in darkness and we was enjoying the pleasure of sin, but Jesus snatched us from fire and brought us in. I want you to know that the scripture says he now leads us in triumphant procession and a parade. And we are just walking down Lincoln Way with Jesus going down. And we're like, man, what's the parade about? 
victory. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was in darkness, but now I'm in light. I used to hate everybody, but now I love everybody. I used to be in sin, lying, but now I'm telling the truth. And I want everybody to know that I am now letting Jesus lead me because I am in triumph. I am in victory. I'm thankful for the life I have. He captured me. Hallelujah. He captured me every eye closed. I want to first ask you in a shout in a parade. Is there anybody here that you're just overjoyed? Is there anybody here that is just excited? Is anybody here knows that I'm in that parade? I'm letting the captain, the anchor of my life, he's the chief general, he's the officer. We sang the day that he is the champion. Monique says he's the hero, but he leads us now in triumphant procession. He leads us in victory. Hallelujah. There are people in this room that were once incarcerated, but now they're free. There are people in here that was once incarcerated to their own sins, but now they're free. There are people that were in here that they were not going to forgive, and they were not being forgiven. And they let that person go free. Now they are free. There are people that are in here that once lived in bondage, but now they're free. Jesus, lead us. Jesus, lead us. Jesus, lead us in your love. Jesus, lead us to equip us. Lead us to apply that which you've equipped us with, starting with love. And Jesus, we want to be your disciple. Here am I. Today at this church, on this Sunday, at the beginning of a brand new year, at the first month of 2023, and when I said I wanted new, I didn't know that it was all because of you, but I want you today. I want a new beginning. I may have accepted you when I was a child, a teenager, even a young adult, but there's something new that I want you today. This word is Jesus lead me. I'm going to let you lead. I'm going to get in the parade. I want to experience that victory. I want to be captive of you and your love in Jesus name if that's you today I just want to ask that you would do something kind of bold because it's a brand new day it's a brand new year we will close but what I want you to do is I want you uh, prayer and altar call team can I get you to come to the middle please ministers prayer and altar call team can I get you to come to the middle please hallelujah I would ask that you would do this today there are people that want to pray with you there are people that want to lay hands upon you. There are people that want to speak life into you. There's people that want to hold your hands and be in agreement with you that God would do something new. There are people that had their desires on a shelf, in the garage, in the attic, in the basement. You've been hurt so many times you couldn't even believe again. But this is a new day. Jesus wants to lead you. Say that with me. Jesus wants to lead you. All heads down again. Father, if the people in this room have heard your word and they need to respond, don't let a shackle, don't let an imprisonment, don't let an obstacle or a hurdle get in their way. But may they come to this inner circle and receive God's total completeness. Shende la pasore high blood pressure difficulty with high blood pressure difficulty with high blood pressure you should come fasciitis isn't that something like a some fasciitis or something like that you should come got problems with your your heels may not even have insurance for it something going on with your heel, you should come. You should come. 
You want more fire. You want more fire. Last week we talked fire, desire fire. Desire fire. How do I get it? You've been like practical. Like how do I get it, you know? God wants you to have fire. We talked about the fire of the bush today. He so accurately described it. If you go back and read Exodus chapter 3, he first looked, then he beheld, and then he turned. That's you today in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Lord. Every hand lifted, both hands up, both hands up. Father, we surrender to you. Father, we surrender to your love. We surrender to your light. We're saying, Jesus, lead us. Lord, lead us. Supernatural power of God that people walk away not the same. It's in your name we proclaim Jesus is Lord. Thank you for coming in the human form. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for being buried for us. And thank you for raising from the dead so that we might have life. It's in your name, Jesus. We pray for those online. If that was you, please call in, write in, text. These that's in the circle, they will stay here after we dismiss. Come up and receive prayer if that's you. And any of those, I just want fire. I want more of God. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give the Lord a big shout offering. Come on, give the Lord a big shout offering. Hallelujah. We're dismissed. Prayer and altar call team, please stay here. If people come, many people often come afterwards. If you would, stay here for a few minutes.